This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I'm Leanne Castellino. Coming up on Where Parents Talk, what to keep in mind when considering your child's first school. That's later in the half hour. Our first guest is an elementary school teacher, a coach, and a referee. Roger Nurse was also an elite-level lacrosse player for Canada in his youth. These days, he's a hockey dad of three. His eldest child, Sarah, is a member of Canada's national women's hockey team. Roger Nurse joins us today from Hamilton, Ontario. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Leanne. Could you take us through what led to sport being such a cornerstone of yours and your family's life? It's really interesting because my parents weren't the most athletic people. I came to Canada, I was two years old. So my parents came with uh, some of my brothers and sisters, some were born here. And, um, you know, my dad, uh, my mom said he played a little bit of soccer. We never saw him play soccer. We see my dad fumble the ball a few other times. Like, oh, dad doesn't look he's that good. So we're not sure how athletic my my parents were, but I know my mom was not. Um, but one of my dad's friends said to him, because, you know, we're energetic kids. And my brother, was a, who was a year and a half older than me, he was, he was a fireball. And um, one of his friends at work said, hey, you know, here in Canada, Canadian kids play hockey in the winter and they play lacrosse in the summer. So that kind of became the thing. So my brother played hockey, then he played lacrosse, and you know I'm a year and a half younger, so of course I'm just following along. I'm going to the rink, I'm going to the park, I'm going to the, the field, the floor, wherever. And it just started that way. We started playing, you know, he played hockey. I didn't play hockey uh, formally, played a lot of shinny and all that stuff. But I played lacrosse, and um, then we got into school sports, and it was just what we did. We just kind of played sports. As we got into high school, we played I played football, played basketball, um, school sports, like elementary school, volleyball, soccer. So we did a little of everything. And it's just a passion. It's just a passion. Like we just, we just love it. Um, I still remember watching TV and my dad, you know, he put on the Leafs, you know, back in the Ron Ellis, Dave Keon days. And I'm just a little wide eyed five year old watching the Leafs. And that this hockey thing is great. So when I had kids, it just kind of was, it was natural. It was like, my kids are going to get into sports. I need to give them every opportunity to play sports, to learn sports. And, you know, they just took to it. We had baseball gloves, baseball bats all over the house. It's interesting to hear you describe those early years in sport and certainly your passion for it. So in what ways would you say that sports has influenced the way you parent? Well, you learn a lot of things out of sports. Like I always say that, you know, you learn about, you know, responsibility, trust. I mean, you have to be around people who have to help you. Uh, accountability, conflict resolution, facing adversity. You know, like right now, we're in a week of having to kind of help Sarah settle down from a very tough loss. And a lot of people just really don't appreciate just how difficult that is. Um, I remember being with my brother, his last game in the CFL. They thought they had a team that had an opportunity to to possibly go to the Grey Cup, and he knew it was going to be his last season. Just to go through a lot of these things, that adversity, it, it's a difficult thing. So you learn these things. You learn how to work with people, collaboration. So when you have all these things that are part of your life, and then you have kids, now you sit there and say with your kids, like, okay, well, a lot of things you do matter. 
you know, you have to face every day. Some of these things have to be responsible. You have to be responsible for what you do. You have to, you know, learn not to make excuses. So accountability for me is always really big. And, you know, there's no excuses. Why didn't you get this done? Well, so no, 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 it wasn't so-and-so. This is you. This is you. People can get in your way and slow things down, make things difficult, but ultimately it's still on you. And they have to understand the responsibility for their own successes, their own failures. You know, whether you're going to be an elite, elite athlete or not, it, these are just things you have to learn as a parent. And if your kids grow up to be journalists, to be teachers, you know, you have to have these skills instilled in your children. And I, I've also thought that's very important to know, to take the things I took from sport, instill those in my children, because I don't know, hey, when they were little kids, I didn't even know if they're going to like sports. You don't know if they're going to, if they're going to follow through, if they're going to play house league hockey and lacrosse until they're 10 and then figure something out. So ride skateboards in the park all summer. Like you just don't know, but those other skills, they're, they're lifelong. And if you have those lifelong skills, your kids will be fine. So along those lines, then how did you and your wife go about trying to strike a balance between, you know, gently encouraging your children, helping them achieve their potential in sport, as an example, while still retaining the fun element of it? Because that is a big pain point for a lot of families. I always say that one of the best moments <clears throat> is my I, I call it my my hockey humbling moment. And it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. And I think a lot of parents see it and don't appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Um, at every hockey association in the world, there's a six-year-old who scores 100 goals and who's just fantastic. And everyone's touting him as the next great kid. My son, Elijah, was that kid. He went in and he picked up the puck, skated around everyone and scored. So everyone thought, hey, next big, he's going to be a junior star. He's going to do this, 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 and this. Well, so we went out to this spring elite hockey program and he went to tryouts. He did well, but he made the team as probably the 12th or 13th kid. So he's close to the bottom of the roster. Then we went out to some of these tournaments and we saw some of the players in this tournament, in these tournaments. And it was like, wow, like there are, there were four teams that our best player wasn't going to make. And so I got to see a lot of really, really great hockey players. And then you start doing math. I like math. And you start doing math and go, okay, every draft year, there are about 240 kids drafted. And in this tournament, I see at the gentle age of the 98 birth year, about 300 kids. And a lot of them are better than my, my guy. And we haven't even included the Europeans. So I'm like, okay, there's a lot of good hockey players out here. Your 100 goals are great, but, you know, you may not, you may never play a game in the NHL. And I have, now I have to be prepared for life. And it's funny when you sit there and talk about something happened to a kid at seven years old, that that kind of was humbling. But then as I looked and saw, you know, Sarah was already establishing herself as a talented kid. Isaac was a year younger than EJ, and he was establishing himself as very talented as well. It was like, okay, you guys are very talented, but... I have to be prepared for if this dream doesn't happen. Where are we going from there? This is Where Parents Talk. I'm Leanne Castellino. Our guest today is Roger Nurse, teacher, coach, and hockey dad. Roger, how would you go about describing your parenting style? I'd say one of the biggest challenges that I had was you want to maintain 
a good positive relationship with your kids and and also have the authoritarian thing like who's the boss and again i see as a teacher i see as a parent it's finding the balance and i always believe that you know displaying a good relationship me and my wife having a good relationship showing our kids a good relationship helps breed good people and i looked at it that Again, so much of things, accountability, responsibility. You have all those things you have to be. You have to be a good person. I made a big effort to be a good dad, a fun dad, enjoyable dad, but the kids still knew who the boss was. You know, if the kids were acting up, I remember one time I was in a lacrosse tournament and my wife texted me, said they're acting up. And I sent all the kids a text. I said, you realize tomorrow the sheriff's going to be back in town. And they were kind of like, oh, okay. So, so. You know, that was there. Like my my kids today, there are rules they still follow, but they had rules when they were little kids because I'm still your dad. And it's important. There has to be structure. There has to be structure, has to be rules. They have to understand the word no, um, but they have to understand that anything they need to get them ahead, to help them succeed is there for them. So what would be some of the tips that you can potentially share with parents watching or listening to this interview about how to rein it in and sort of have that balance that you describe where it may not exist in some families. Recognizing that the child has to chase it, wants to chase the dream, providing that to chase the dream. But to chase the dream, there's still rules, regulations, there's still expectations. You have to make sure you keep that 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 school balance. Number one, no ifs, ands, or buts. The school balance. Biggest thing with school with my kids is everyone is to graduate on time. Isaac got to the OHL at the beginning of his grade 12 year. And I said, you are going to graduate at the end of this year. There's no taking less courses to focus on hockey. You're going to graduate. That expectation is number one. Most important thing is be the parent. Make the decisions. That's the balance you have to find is we are still in charge as long as we pay the bills, we buy the clothes, we are still in charge and our children can't dictate. How did you go about reining in your own knowledge and emotions as a coach and teacher when you watch your own children play? Well, fortunately for me, as and how, how I've always kind of kept myself, I, I use the word sane, <laughs> I've always <laughs> kept my sanity, is fortunately being a referee. So no matter how angry I get at a referee, I've been there. I've had 18,000 people pelt things at me. I've been there. I've been spat at. I've been booed. I've had it all. So as a referee, I understand a referee is going through. I understand decision-making in, in milliseconds. So no matter how frustrated I get with how bad a referee is doing out there, I know the job. And so as I may want to go storm down the referee's door and scream at him. I find myself taking two steps, sitting down and going, you need to stop. I've been there as a coach. So every time I want to have a conversation with the coach or every time something makes me angry with the coach, my line is to myself is, how would I like parents to deal with me? A lot of times that is my point to say, we're just going to let this roll. I think it's really important to parents like coaches coach. Do the jobs. That's why we got them here. There's not a lot of parents in the stands who could do better. Because if they could, they probably would be coaching. So let the coaches coach. Their job is to develop their child. Let them do that. If they're not developing your child in the way you want them to develop, the unfortunate thing is you're kind of stuck with them for the year. 
If they're not doing anything wrong, they're not hurting your child physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. As long as that's not happening, they have to be removed from the job. You're stuck with them for the year. So you, uh, you're going to want to hope that they do their job. And you're going to want to hope that at the end of the season, your child is better. One of the things I've always said is, as a, as a coach, I've always said to parents, you may not like a thing I do, but at the end of the season, I promise you, your child will be a better player at the end of the season than you gave him to me at the beginning. And that's all I expect from the coach. The only thing you want, don't want that coach to do is take your kid's love away from the game. And if your coach doesn't do that, if your kid's good enough, they'll be fine. There have certainly been plenty of headlines in recent months when it comes to sports. What do you see when you look at the sports landscape right now? I think the most distressing thing for me is I see sports has just become a business. It's the fun of playing the game for the sake of playing the game. It just, it, it just the whole business aspect of it. I, I feel very fortunate because as my kids were getting out of minor hockey, I saw this starting to filter in. So I'm just really glad I missed it. But right now, like everyone's got a skating school, a stick handling school, a ball handling school. People are opening prep schools for every sport. I understand every parent wants to get their child better, but there's there's goals out there. Everyone's setting these goals, whether it's it's the NHL, whether it's scholarships. People are just jumping on and just pumping the money because it is the thing to do. It's that chasing the dream. And it's it's sad to watch because that obsession is we all know the percentages of guys who play pro, of people who make it to pro hockey or pro any sport. I'm watching all these things in the monetization of sports. And I think that is the most scary thing. That's the most concerning thing for me as I see sports moving forward. Your daughter, Sarah, made history at the 2022 Winter Olympics on multiple fronts. How did you go about helping her deal with the notoriety and keeping her grounded? I think she does a great job of that herself. Um, I know one of the things me and her always talk about is never forgetting where it came from. Like right now, she's seeing a lot of success on and off the ice. <clears throat> but I think the reality for her is, hey, you know, we scrapped and scraped to get here. And don't ever forget that when you, you know, when the cameras are on, you got to remember that same girl who, you know, carried her little bag in the Lawfield Arena at five years old. So it is, it's, it's those kind of things. Um, <clears throat> me and my wife are a sounding board for her. So if she's got something going on, she doesn't hesitate to call and talk. And we we still have talks about hockey. You know, we when over the course of the next little while, we will sit down and we'll talk about the world championships and how everything went and how she played. And we'll go over all of those things. And, you know, we still have that good open line of communication that we could talk about things. And but I really do believe that her humbleness comes from the fact that she had to work very hard for everything. She had to work very hard to make the national team, let alone set records, let alone play in world championships and Olympics. And, you know, how hard she worked, well, before the Olympic team, how hard she worked to get on the development team to put herself in the position to get on the Olympic team and on world championship teams. And she's never lost on that. Like she always remembers that, you know, how quickly we taken away and how important those girls do idolizer are and you know yeah there are times we have to say we have to go a different route we can't go here today and we can't go do this but i also give her that same thing is you know you sign every autograph you take every picture 
because to these girls, you're a rock star. And they'll never, even if these girls are fans of Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, your accessibility as compared to them is significantly different. So, so them being able to spend this time with you and you being that role model to them is important. Roger, your most proud parenting moment. I don't think there is a moment per se. And I'll tell you why. Because there have been a lot of moments. I look at moments as your value. We were watching the OHL championship game, the deciding game six. I was watching a few weeks ago just because I wanted to I wanted to get some video of some stuff. I was doing a little project. So I want to get a little video. So I, but I ended up watching the entire game. And what really was important was I'm looking and at the end of the game, Isaac was on the ice. I was like, hmm, okay. Then I would decide to go back and watch the gold medal game of the Olympics. Sarah was on the ice when the clock ticked down. And for me, those moments are more important because they show value. You're important to what this team does. And those things to me, it's, instead of taking a, a moment, it's I'm taking the experience and saying the most important game of the year you're on the ice at the most important time. And that shows that your team, your coach, values what you bring to the table. And that, to me, is more important. That's more important of a, than any particular moment is how important you are to your team. Roger Nurse, teacher, coach, and hockey dad, thank you for sharing your time with us today. Thanks for having me. Stay with us. Where Parents Talk returns after the break. Want to learn more about the show? Email info at whereparentstalk.com. Stick around. Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino. Welcome back. Setting the foundation for a child's lifetime of learning often begins with their first exposure to school. Our next guest helps parents make that choice in her role as enrollment coordinator at Child Ventures Early Learning Academy. Child Ventures provides early learning for infants to age five with a curriculum anchored in neuroscience. Brianna Camus is an early childhood educator and a mom herself. She joins us today from Vaughan, Ontario. Brianna, what are some of the key criteria that you would suggest a parent should consider when beginning the work of looking for a daycare? You are absolutely correct in the fact that these are the formative years of their development. And parents, they need to make that right decision for the lifelong learning of their children. And it does start in the early years. For us at Child Ventures, at, well, for parents in general, it's honestly about starting the process early. You really need to get on that wait list. In all honesty, as soon as you get pregnant, <laughs> With the implementation of the National Child Care Program, so the CWELC, that has offset the child care costs by over 50%. I hate to have the disappointment of families to say that, unfortunately, I just don't have the space right now when they're looking to get in next week that we are planning for the future. That's an excellent piece of advice as a starting point, definitely. Uh, what did you consider when you went through this process yourself with your own daughter? So for me, I had the experience of being with Child Ventures as an educator, as an employee. So 
really the decision was made for myself. But having multi-generational families that I even come from and so many of our families in the Bond community, it's so important that we also have the input of grandparents as they do play an integral role in the raising of our children. So for me, I already knew and I shared with my husband that our daughter was going to come to Child Ventures. But having kind of the old school mentality of grandparents saying, you know what, it's too young, being able to educate them that this is the right decision for the children and for my daughter and being able to share with my in-laws, with my parents to say, you know what, this is going to set her up for success in the future. Now, what would you describe as some of the common pitfalls or mistakes, uh, shall we call them mistakes, that that parents uh, make with respect to this whole search for appropriate early learning centers for their child? I think first and foremost, it's kind of jumping in into a spot and taking whatever's available instead of taking the time to do the tours and do the research. You want to make sure that you're making a well-informed decision and one that aligns with your, your family's philosophies of what you see for your child in the future. And then just to kind of tie it back, starting so late in the game. Um, I, I've seen so many parents that are, are devastated when they fall in love with our program. And unfortunately, I don't have the space immediately of when they're looking to start. So I always encourage families to, to start that process as early as possible. You find out that you're pregnant, great. Let's start to set up our children right from utero <laughs> and get them prepared for, for what their, their next steps in their education is going to be. You talk about research. That can be daunting for many people. Where do I start? Do you have any quick tips in terms of how to pare down that research to something manageable for parents? I think you really need to start with what do you value as a family? Is it that you want your child to be socialized? Because we know that social experiences are so integral to a child's overall development. Is it that you want to see their nutrition? Do you want them to just have fun and have the ability to play with some peers, children their own age? Or are you really starting up the foundation of their education and wanting them to be learning? So I think when you can really break that down into what you see valuable as a family, that's when you can start to, to type into Google what those key word searches are, and that is going to narrow your search in terms of what you're looking for. Now, we described your title as Enrollment Coordinator at Child Ventures currently. Can you tell us what that role entails? So I have the amazing opportunity to welcome families into our doors and really celebrate the experiences and opportunities that their children are going to enjoy. Getting to showcase our beautiful facilities, show them that their children are going to be learning, sharing examples of what they're going to be learning, bringing them to our beautiful rooftop playground, showing them our on-site kitchen. So just being able to really celebrate everything that Child Ventures has to offer. But then I think the ultimate thing that I get to do and brings me so much joy is to make that phone call and say, hi, I do have a space for your little one. Let's get that registration process started. And they just have the sense of relief of, I caught the place that I wanted and being able to kind of discuss next steps. In addition to your role, you bring the lens of being a mother yourself, which we talked about, but you're also an educator uh, by training, an early childhood educator. And I wonder, you know, with all those perspectives that you bring to this question, like what kind of advice would you give to parents uh, looking to choose a, an appropriate daycare for their child? I think it really aligns with what they see valuable in their family. 
I know for myself, it was certainly about setting up their, my daughter's journey of learning. So I wanted to ensure right from infancy that she was having the exposure to a Montessori method, but also having the ability to engage socially with the high scope method, developing the understanding of self-help skills and being able to self-regulate, not needing just a parent's comfort, but also having the ability to understand it herself and develop those skills at such a young age. And I knew that nutrition was so important. We look at the whole child and it's not to say that, you know what, they're learning and that's great, but if their tummies are hungry and they're not having those nutrient dense meals, it's really going to impact their ability to focus and learn new things. So definitely nutrition was important to me as well. So being able to pull out those key factors of what I wanted as a mother is what I think a lot of other parents need to look into as well and being able to make that decision and find out what those, which childcare centers are going to be best suited for their families. Now, through your multiple perspectives, are there any trends in particular that you've noticed amongst parents of kids who are preschoolers and infant and in this age group that we're talking about? I certainly have. And it's a great question because I would say the biggest trend right now that we're seeing is are, are these COVID babies. We have all just experienced this global pandemic and it has certainly impacted the, the social development of our children. We're seeing a lot of separation anxiety, perhaps some speech delays in children because we've been so, let's stay away from everybody. Let's not engage. We're not at the parks all the time. So those are definitely some trends that I've been seeing lately with our families. How can a parent tell if a particular early learning center, daycare, is a fit for their child? I always say you have to go with your gut. It's kind of that, that mom feeling that you get. You know when something is right. You know when something is wrong. And it's right kind of in your gut. So I always like to tell families that when you have that feeling and you get those butterflies in your stomach, that's when you know that you've made the right decision. Is there any other tips or advice that you can share that really either you've experienced yourself as a mom, you've seen as a registered early childhood educator, or you've experienced when you welcome potential new parents through the doors at Child Ventures? The greatest tip I could give, and I'm going to reiterate myself here, is to start that search early. I know definitely with Seawell and seeing our, our wait list grow exponentially here at Child Ventures, having families that want the quality care, that's really what you're looking for. And I know every family only wants what's best for their children. So we need to get families in the door when they are pregnant, just as their child is born, so they can embrace and see the beauty of what kind of programs we have to offer, you can get on that wait list. I say join the wait list. If I could give any piece of advice is jump on that wait list as soon as possible so that when we are able to offer you a space, it aligns perfectly when moms are returning back to work and they have that peace of mind that their child is going to be well taken care of. Brianna Camus, Enrollment Coordinator at Child Ventures Early Learning Academy, thank you for your time and your insight today. Thank you for having me. That is Where Parents Talk for this week. Hope you'll join us next time. Till then, happy parenting. Sign up for Leanne's parenting newsletter and so much more at whereparentstalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region.